0: Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Rufus, we're back at it with another installment of the Rufus Rundown, uh, we've already got an NHL preview this week, uh, so we it's only right there we do an NBA playoff preview as well, joined by Gavin Parent, Patrick Lawrence, I've uh, been friends with both of them for a pretty long while at this point now, um, and they're both avid uh, NBA fans, so I'm glad to have them on the show to share their knowledge and their opinions on the upcoming NBA playoffs. So, fellas, introduce yourselves. If, uh, Gavin, you want to start it off, then Pat. Let's go, boys. I'm Gavin. Uh,
1: Lucas, thanks for having me, man. I'm pumped to talk about the NBA.
2: Yeah, I'm Pat. Uh, pretty much a diehard NBA fan. Watch almost every game. Uh, very excited to be on the pod and chop it up with the fellas.
0: Appreciate, sure, Like I said, appreciate you all for, uh, for joining me. Um, so... A lot of good matchups, I think, in these NBA playoffs coming up. Um, We're situated up in the Northeast, so uh, Celtics fans, I think I'm a little more just neutral overall. Um, But the play-ins as well um, are taking place currently, Like with a team like Minnesota losing in the way they did to uh, the Lakers, which was pretty impressive fashion. Um, to be throwing punches and then having guys suspended. I mean, that Rudy Gobert trade is going to go down as one of the – probably one of the worst of all time, I'd have to say. Uh, But I I guess we'll kick it off with with the remaining play-ins and who you guys think are going to advance in those and are going to be your eight seeds moving forward.
2: Uh, Yeah, so uh, going in the east, uh, Bulls and Heat is an interesting one. I think the Heat have a higher ceiling, but they've been very – very disappointing this year they haven't played that typical heat culture Miami heat gritty defense high passing cutting backdoor brand of basketball we've come to expect from Spolstra um I think just personally out of the two teams I trust Jimmy Butler to have one of those Jimmy Butler games more than I trust DeMar DeRozan Vooch and in them to step up so out of the east i'm probably feeling the heat i don't think they really stand a chance against the bucks but i think against the bulls they probably have a better matchup. they're a little bit of a deeper team especially without lonzo ball um so i like the the heat on that side um in terms of the west the t wolves man i don't really know what you can say about that team right now they invested a lot into getting gobert and it's Pretty much imploded almost instantly. Um, I, I want to lean towards the Thunder in that one. They play good ball. Shea is is him. That that that's what it comes down to. And I, I don't think everything that's been going on with the T Wolves over the last couple games. I don't really think they have the right mental fortitude to uh, make a playoff run or even establish themselves as an eighth seed.
1: Hey, dude, it's tough. I want to disagree with you for the sake of uh, the arguing, but I think you pretty much nailed it. I'll start with the West. I like the Thunder a lot. I mean, they got the whole starting five is 24 years or younger. So, I mean, like you said, shy is basically him. They got two dudes with the same first name. I mean, I was watching them last night, and they kept they kept saying, like, oh, Jalen Williams from so-and-so, and this Jalen Williams from this guy. And um, I, I just think the Thunder are the younger team. They're the better team. Uh, they run they run the floor very, very well. I think the Wolves are a little, little older, not too old. They'd still get... An- Edwards, but I'll take the youth on that side. Both those teams probably losing four or five to the Nuggets. Well, I don't think the Nuggets are a powerhouse, but in that case, I think they both get easily first round by the Nuggets. The East is a little, a little more scary to me. That's a tough one. Uh, just I just go based off the two best players on each team. So I'm I will take Jimmy Butler and Bam over Demar and Zach Levine. Uh, it's just my opinion, but they do have Yusevich to match up with Bam, which is tough. But Bam can stretch the floor uh, and kind of make out a three point line a little bit. So I would probably go with the Heat and the Thunder, but I do think both of them don't stand a chance versus the Bucks or Denver, really. I think five games max for both those first series.
0: Yeah, with, with, with Bam, he's not a three-point shooter, but he, he passes well enough and moves well enough as to where he can still get out there and you still have to respect him from that perspective because that's the type of player he is. Um, I also think you look at coaching as well, too. Um, in these situations, in like like Pat had mentioned with the T Wolves, in terms of what the locker room looks like right now, it's probably not probably it is a disaster. Um, it was a disaster. Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, I think, is a soft human being. Anthony Edwards is an ultimate competitor, but I think his focus can kind of you know wander around once in a while. And Rudy Gobert is just a strange cat, um, and just it does not fit the mold of what he is paid what his asking price was in the way that he plays the game of basketball and how it fits with who you have on that roster or just the NBA in today's age in general. Um, So I don't see a threat there. Obviously I think the thunder far and away, no, Shea Gilders, Alexander NBA, just like kind of in playoff hockey where it's more of a playoff hockey is more of a team style game. It's more physical dump and chase. The NBA perspective is when you have star players, you can lean on those star players and defensively, Teams tune, uh, definitely do tune it up in terms of the playoffs. So you need guys who can get buckets whenever, and I don't think there's... You probably can count the amount of, on one hand the amount of guys that have been better at that this year than Shea. And Shea's probably well, four or five on that list in terms of if you need a bucket, go get it. Uh, Shea's up there, and that's why I like the Thunder there. And could probably make some noise with the Nuggets, but I, I don't anticipate them beating the Nuggets by any means. Bulls, he, I think... Either way there, I I like Jimmy to be that guy, but at the same time, DeMar DeRozan has looked good in those moments too, so really a toss it there. I don't really think either of those teams are going to compete with the Bucs either, so we're all agreeing here, um, at least for now. Um, Again, I don't see either of those teams competing with the Bucs. The Heat, from a Celtics perspective, I thought, just because of how well they've matched up with the Celtics overall, um, how that would look in a first-round series, like maybe they run it to a sixth game, but... In the heat probably more I think are more susceptible to sneak a game on either the what it would have been at the time the Celtics or the bucks uh, than the Bulls just because I think that you can shut down their scoring more or less I think that this like Jimmy just is above that dude but at the same time he's you know his age is catching up to him too and he's a bucket getter but I think he's a B bucket getter at this point in the a role so I don't think that Miami's either his home unless they can add another piece same with Bam Bam is not the same player that he once was. Um, that's just, uh, that system, was. Surra- they were surrounded by a lot of great shooters as well that have not exactly performed at the par either. So that's another piece with them. Like I said, neither of those no, neither of those teams are a threat, I think, as, as an eighth seed. I think the Thunder, if I was going to pick one, is probably more so than either the Bulls or the Heat in the East in terms of the Nuggets and how that's been for them this season. But I don't really think we're seeing any danger of these 8-1 upsets. But... I think they're going to be entertaining basketball games for sure, and it's a valuable experience for a young team like the Thunder, and I think the Bulls as well too. Um, and it's a kind of a meter stick, you know, gauge game for you know the Heat in terms of like what their playoff run is going to look like, and whether they can actually compete, and then they just are a couple pieces away once again, or if they have to blow it up. Uh, but that's where I pretty much stand on the, on the playing games, which can kind of let us get into the whole playoff matchups as a whole. Um, where we're looking now, what we have set because anywhere from two to seven, um, three to six, and four and five are all set matchups that we have right now. Um, and I guess we'll start it off with uh, the Lakers and the Grizzlies, and then we'll maneuver to Celtics, Hawks. I started off with the two and seven, the highest seeds right now. Um, who do you guys like in this Lakers Grizzlies series? I let Pat. I'll let you take the lead on this one.
2: Yeah, so this one was a very interesting one, right? Because the Lakers have, are pretty much an entirely different team than when they started the season. So, a lot of their seasonal averages are skewed. So, the Lakers actually took this season series 2 to 1. But if you get into some of their more advanced metrics like their offensive rating, they're 20th in the league. But as after the trade deadline, they've raised their defensive rating to the best in the league with uh like by by a sizable margin, right? But then again, this, the Grizzlies have the second highest defensive rating throughout the whole season with a one eleven point twelve. So it's a very it's going to be very gritty ball, right? LeBron's going to be LeBron. You know, arguably one of the greatest players of all time. Um, as a Celtics fan, I can't bring myself to say he's the goat, but part of me knows. Um, I, I like I like the Grizzlies in this because they're a cocky young team. And I don't think that the shadow of LeBron is something that they're going to crumble under. I feel like they think they can beat anyone on any floor. They don't care if you have LeBron, MJ, Tatum, Durant. It doesn't matter. They think they can go into your house, beat you up, and leave. Um, I feel like the Lakers are clicking, but I feel like it might be a little bit too late. The only thing that would lead me towards picking the Lakers is the Grizzlies don't have Steven Adams or Brandon Clark, so I think Anthony Davis is going to eat if he can stay on the floor. I think it's going to be a close series. I feel like I'm leaning towards Memphis in six, but again, this is going to be one of those series where either LeBron takes over and w- wills the Lakers to it, be albeit scoring or feeding Davis and really pulling the defense away from him or... I think more realistically, the Grizzlies take this one,
1: but don't go too much farther than this. I mean, if I'm a Grizzlies fan, I am livid right now. You win 51 games, and you are rewarded with playing LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the first round. So it's definitely tough. And the addition of D'Lo, who is one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, I love the lefties, but tough. So I've thought about this one a lot. I could see the Lakers taking this. If I had to put my money on it, I would go with the Grizzlies. Uh, I do think it will get pushed out to seven. I would not be surprised if it goes seven. Six could also happen, like Pat said, but the biggest matchup I'm really looking at right now, you take away John Morant, you take away LeBron, the two best players. I mean, arguably AD is the best player in the Lakers, but you take away those two star-powered guys, and the number two is you're looking at Desmond Bain and, De- and Jaron Jackson, or AD and D'Lo. And I know it's team ball. You can't just look at the top three guys, but I will arguably say that D'Angelo, Russell, and AD is a better one too than Bain and Jackson. I know you're just looking at names, not only really looking at too much at the statistics part of it, but star power wins in the playoffs. It's been proven before. If you don't have a stars, you don't make it, and you don't win it. So I could see this series going seven. Uh, LeBron is just old man. Like if he goes seven in the first round, then he goes seven in the second round, he's gonna be beat up by the time he gets to the conference finals. Um, but it's LeBron. I've never put anything past him. I won't put anything past him. I've seen him win four finals. So, if I had to pick, I would probably go uh, Grizzlies in seven. I do think it's going to go seven, but, and again, it's tough to bet against LeBron. It really is.
0: I just, like, again, sometimes it's the hottest team that can catch fire. It's like these wild card teams, the NFL wild wildcard teams um, in pretty much any of these playoffs. I mean, that's pretty much what it's become now. The wild card teams are now the seven and the eight seeds, in a sense, um, because it's through the play-in. Um, D, you know, D has been a really solid addition, um, has fit into a role well that I don't really, I never really foresaw him ever fitting into cause he's a very ball dominant player, but he's actually kind of fell into a decent role here. Austin Reeves has been very, very good. Um, whatever, whoever decides to overpay him in the offseason, that's all the power to him, but that's besides the point, uh, LeBron is going to do his things in, in the playoffs and it looks like he's healthy and on a good pace right now, Jared Vanderbilt hasn't really, really helped the the defensive metrics that Pat mentioned um, in terms of he's been almost single-handedly doing that, and then, you know, AD, as far as we know, is healthy right now, and with AD being healthy, him and LeBron, play off LeBron, and if you feed Davis, I don't think the offense should really truthfully run with LeBron being your shot maker. You got to run your offense through Anthony Davis, and I think that that elevates LeBron because he likes to pass he likes to work through that and if he has to draw attention away he can but you have guys like Reeves you know D'Angelo Russell Dennis Schroeder have all been knocking down shots for them when it comes time so I I'm looking at like the way that things have been going and Memphis is just still young to me the way Ja Morant was acting this year I just I haven't liked it I really haven't liked what they've brought to the table I don't you, you know when they had that series against you know the Warriors and you saw last year in the playoffs and everything like I like to see these types of teams these young teams take steps and and this could and this probably well could be a series where you see the Grizzlies throw LeBron out of the playoffs five games Ja Morant thirty five points a game for five games you could see it very well could happen but I, I personally just don't see it but teach their own and whatever you think is going to go on. I, I would, I'm personally going to take the Lakers in six. Um, It's going to be a good, it should be a good series either way. Um, but if you do lean Grizzlies, like in terms of if you're looking at storylines, I think it's either LeBron's going to get his and the Lakers are just on right now. Or you see that matru- there's maturity from the Grizzlies where they can kind of step into their own. I think those are the two storylines you're looking at where it's like, wow, I can't believe they just got rid of LeBron and Anthony Davis like that. Like Jaron Jackson very well can lock up AD And you could just see John Morant flat out outstar LeBron because he's getting up there in age.
2: That's going to be the matchup is Jackson on LeBron, or excuse me, on Davis, because you don't have those extra bodies as your big men because Adams and Clark are both out for the whole postseason. So if if Jackson gets into foul trouble early in the first quarter, because Anthony Davis will get that All-NBA star whistle, which clearly he has earned. If, If Anthony Davis gets cooking and Jared Jackson gets into foul trouble, it's... It's gonna be really tough for Memphis. So we are gonna learn a lot about the maturity of that Memphis team and they're uh they're uh they're gonna show us something here, I think. I think this is that step for them.
0: Yeah, I
1: mean it's a weird series in you know. general. Like, you I feel go, like you, it could get forgotten. Could get forgotten after the first round. Like it's a great series and you got two basically powerhouses, big franchises, but one way or another I feel it could get forgotten. Either LeBron gets knocked out of the first round, wouldn't be the first time or a young Memphis team, you know, doesn't live up the expectations, wins 51 games, gets first-rounded. I think either way, whoever wins this series does have a chance to make a legitimate title run, which is weird to say because it's only the first round, so it's a huge win in the first round. But I think all in all, because the team that wins couldn't make a title run, the loser could kind of get forgotten, which is odd to say about a team that's led by LeBron or John Morant.
0: I think the West, any team that you know, you win this first round matchup can get hot. The West is very, uh, these things shook up right now in terms of you know, we, we, the next one we'll eventually get into after what we go bounce back to is going to be the Kings uh, Golden State. You have a KD-led Phoenix team now with a healthy Kawhi and PG. So like any of these teams are, you? we've been talking about for years, well, we need Paul George to get healthy or we need Anthony Davis to get healthy or LeBron, you know, LeBron's going to tap in the playoffs or we need Jean Morant to mature. There's so many of these storylines Now we're going to take it back to the East. We have Celtics, Hawks. When you look at the East, Philadelphia and Brooklyn, which Brooklyn's a cool story in its own, Cleveland, New York. These are teams that, and obviously Milwaukee. I just see that there there seems to be more experience, there more consistency. These teams are just this seem more collected. Um, The West seems kind of all over the place, and I think that's part of because it's been so competitive for years in the West. You see all these teams now, everybody's like all the records were so close and they were like, well, the West has gotten worse. I don't see it that way. I see it as the West has gotten that much better as to where they're all that close. Uh, But we'll look at the Celtics and Hawks. Now I think the Celtics probably favored one of all by everybody. Um, Who do you guys have in this series? And what do you think it means for the Celtics moving forward deeper into the playoffs?
1: I mean, if the Celtics don't win in five games or less, I'll be severely disappointed. If this goes to six or seven games, I will not be very confident in advancing in playing a top-four team in the East like this should be a tune-up round to get a better team like Cleveland or the Sixers or the where we've seen in the conference finals but if this goes more than five games as a Celtics fan I will be upset the only thing I will say is defensively I don't know who's gonna stop Tatum I don't know who's gonna stop Brown but defensively for the Hawks I don't think Trey Young has a Trey Young type series I mean we have Marcus Smart he will he is ranked defensive player of the year Uh, If Trey Young has multiple 30-point games, I would be be, honestly be surprised. The Hawks can throw Sadiq Bey at Tatum. They can throw John Collins at Tatum. They got the big boy in the middle with Capella if he gets to the rim, but I don't see somebody putting it to Tatum where he's having serious problems scoring. And let's just say it now, Jalen Brown is the most underrated player in the league. Uh, If he was not a Boston Celtics, he would be a top-ten player in the league, and he arguably already is. So I couldn't name you two shooting guards better than him in the league. I don't know if you guys could, but... That tandem of Brown and, and, uh, and Tatum, I just don't think the Hawks have the star the power to match it up. They grabbed Murray, who has a very similar style play of, of Trey anyways. It's not really a great fix offensively or defensively. So, I mean, if we have any problems with the Hawks, I will be pretty disappointed. It could go four. I would not be surprised in the sweep. I think five is the max. They might steal game three or four when it gets back to Atlanta, and they will just finish out at home in five.
2: Yeah, I think this really was the dream scenario for the Celtics going into this. Oh, yeah. you, drop, you drop to the second seed, which is, is not ideal, but if you're telling me dropping to the second seed will get me the Hawks in the first round instead of the Heat, I'm doing that every season for the rest of my life. Right, so the Celtics play their best basketball against Atlanta, that's no secret. They sweep the season series. Just a couple stats of Celtics Hawks this year, right? The Celtics offensive rating... When compared to its seasonal average is eight points higher against Atlanta. The Hawks offensive rating against the Celtics compared to their seasonal average, is three points worst. Celtics assistant percentage, uh, excuse me, assist percentage is up five percent against seasonal averages versus Atlanta. Atlanta's assist per, uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Atlanta's assist percentage is down three percent. And effective field goal percentage, which I think is one of the best metrics to tell how good a team is is Celtics up 8%, Atlanta down 4%. All Atlanta has is offense. They're they're a gun show. They'll shoot you out of the gym on nights when they're good with Bogdanovich, Young, Collins, all those guys. But they just don't bring it against the Celtics. They don't have the matchups. Not even just Marcus Smart being able to guard Trey Young. You come off a ball screen as Trey Young, and you go from Marcus Smart to Jalen Brown or to Derek White or Malcolm Brogdon or Jason Tatum that is the stuff of nightmares those are large switchable wings quick hand guards who will pick your pocket if you even look down for a second and I don't really see the Hawks standing a chance um I'm taking Boston in four maybe five like like Gavin said but I think this is a dream scenario for the Celtics I think the Hawks are entering their Quinn Snyder era and this is kind of a limbo year for them and they will be on the upswing in the future they're a team that I like where they're going, but. Right now, they're not there.
0: I don't see Trey. I don't foresee Trey Young being in Atlanta too much longer. If I'm being completely honest, I like Dejounte Murray a lot more in terms of athleticism and in terms of playmaking ability than I do like Trey Young in terms of you know who I'm going to build around. And considering the asking price you're going to get for Trey Young, um, this is a sweep. I don't think I a fifth game would shock me. Um, I've been saying Celtics in three main Red Claws in one. Let the let the let the let the kids play in that fourth game to just jam it down um, at home. I, I I don't I don't see it here. I don't, Atlanta it, the Celtics are susceptible defensively at times against certain teams against latent games with rotations and Missoula being young and not being the best offensive head coach. That all being said, Atlanta is marginally marginally worse in every single area that I just named as well. In the Celtics, still have better offense straight up. I don't think this is even close. It's not a conversation. There's not a, even a little bit of danger. This is nothing like the 2-7 matchup in the West. Um Trey Young could have a hey, 60 point one game.
1: One. one thing's guaranteed. Joe Mazula will end the game with two timeouts left. That's almost a guarantee. He will not call his timeouts in the fourth quarter. So don't know why, but it's, it's going to happen. He
0: won't, he won't need them. He won't need them in this series. Don't I don't even I'm, need them. I'm, I'm, I'm truthfully not worried um, at all about I don't think the Celtics are I don't think they should be and sometimes that would scare me but I really don't think that this locker room even has a hint of fear in Atlanta Hawks they've outplayed them all season long and I think this is it's a miserable matchup for the Hawks and they would have been I think they would have been better off losing two in these play-ins and losing the four they're about to lose to the Celtics um from there I'm gonna shift to I think the most interesting matchup in this entire first round um And there's a a couple of really good ones in here that are four. The four or five games are both very good. This one, to me, is the one that I want to watch the most, the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Um, The Warriors have beaten them three out of one times. um, But the Kings have had a historic season for themselves, making the playoffs the first time since, I believe, 2006 was the year. Like the Beam, De'Aaron Fox, has taken that next step. Um, It might be the most even trade in NBA history. The Sabonis-Halliburton trade. I mean, the Kings have looked fantastic, And, again, like Gavin mentioned earlier, you get rewarded by getting to the Lakers. They're rewarded by getting Golden State. But not only to getting Golden State, Golden State with Andrew Wiggins being reinserted into the team now for this playoff run, well-rested and ready to tune up his game for another deep playoff run. Um, Gavin, I'm going to let you kick it off with what you have, uh, what your thoughts are on this Sacramento-Golden State series.
1: Yeah, like you said, it sucks for the Kings. I mean, they won 48 games. Uh, Mike Brown, one hell of a coach, probably coach of the year this year, um, but coming in the three seed in the West, which has been the stronger conference in the past, which is starting to change a little bit now, and you get the defending chance, the Warriors, as a sixth seed coming in, who have not been healthy all year, if not been healthy, I would say, but not been at their full strength without Wiggins, if they had Andrew Wiggins, they would not be sitting in a sixth seed there, they would be more at the top two, three, or four, so... It's odd sometimes you look at a seed and you think the 6 might actually be the favorite. Uh, in this case, I think the Warriors might actually be the favorite to win this series. Just just the inexperience uh, for the for the Kings. De'Aaron Fox, not a lot of playoff experience. Uh, it's a bonus. So, Herder, I do like him. Um, but I would have to go with the Warriors. Sucks to say, because I hate the Warriors because they beat the Celtics in the finals last year. Um, and they're my arch nemesis right now, but I'm going to say Warriors in six. One thing that I think is very interesting to me uh, is the coaching aspect. We saw the years that Steve Kerr went through without Clay, without Steph, without Draymond, without KD, and they went through a couple rebuild years all right without them. So now that he's getting a a squad full strength against probably the coach of the year and Mike Brown, uh, this would be a chance for Mike Brown to show the world that I can compete on this level. I can coach on this level with the best of them. So I do think uh, the Warriors take it in six. Uh, six or seven the Kings could push it to seven, but it's just tough playing defending champs in the first round I don't really think the Kings have a they have a fighting chance, but I would definitely say that they're on the dogs in this series
2: Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really tough look for the Kings I mean, this is not the Golden State We know they're 17th in the league in defensive rating the Kings are first in the league in offensive rating I mean on paper the Kings should just light them up. No pun intended, but i just feel like this isn't the warriors team that we're going to get in the playoffs we're going to get that gritty team with andrew wiggins motivated as all hell from whatever he went through um but i mean yeah it it's it's really unfortunate all the stats are saying that the Kings should win they have the the momentum they have the home court they have the prolific offense the warriors defense hasn't been great but when you have that championship pe- pedigree, when you have that playoff experience, when you have—I mean, Steph Curry. Come on, how, like, how can how can we expect this Sacramento King with King's lineup with no real playoff experience to to stack up? I I have uh, Golden State in five to six. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll be seeing the beam too much more. But Sacramento should be proud of the season they had and should be looking forward to a very bright future with the guys they have and the contracts they're on.
0: Yeah, I mean it's similar to the Grizzlies of last year and how they're were, they're were put uh, put together and what they can accomplish and the steps they're going to have to take. I'm gonna take Golden State in six, um, but man, Sacramento's had a fantastic season, um, and again, I'm just excited to see you know how they grow from here. Um, and it's just it, this is not an upset with the Warriors beating them. I don't think. I think this is a Warriors team that is going to find themselves. But then again, this could be very similar to what we see, what I mentioned from the Memphis series, where Sacramento could come out here and this, like Pat said, light it up five games. See you later, Golden State and shock some people and really kind of solidify themselves. Like, listen, we're not just kids. We're going to do this, but I, I don't see it. I see the experience. I see the coaching and Mike Brown's a fantastic coach. And I still see Steve Kerr in the weapons that he has right now. And Wiggins coming back as just way too much for a young team to handle in the moment. Uh, I'm gonna take Golden State in six games. Um next up we'll have the other three six. We got the Sixers in the Nets. Of course, the Nets have been through quite a lot, but Mikhail Bridges has been a really cool story. 76ers swept the season series. Joel Embiid is my MVP. Um I'm gonna I am going to i will actually kick this one off here just real brief. Uh I'm gonna take the 76ers in five. I think this I, I think the Nets can sneak one, but. Again, this I think this will be entertaining if you're a Sixers fan, but I think the Nets I, I, I don't know what your expectations are if you're going in if you're a Nets fan, if there are any Nets fans out there um at this point, but I don't know. I just think I just think this embiid Harden dynamic where everybody continues to tell me, "Well, Harden's not that guy in the playoffs." Well, Harden was always the lead guy for a team and would get tired late in the postseason when he had to make all the shots. Now he's a passer. And you have a weapon in Joel Embiid that, you know, he's healthy right now. He doesn't have a fractured nose. He doesn't have the mask on. He doesn't have any. He's a health, he's healthy. Uh, you know, I, of course, James Harden with the Achilles and everything. I'm, we'll see what his health is. But he doesn't, they're not relying on James Harden to be who he was or Tobias Harris either. They're relying on Joel Embiid and those guys to fall on around him. And Joel Embiid has been probably the most efficient player in the NBA this season in both both sides of the basketball so I don't think this is a close matchup here between the Sixers and Nets. As much as I do like the Nets' story and I do like Mikhail Bridges and company, um, and I think they are better off without the sideshow that they had going on there with the three, the big three that played 12 games together, however many it was. Again, I'll roll with the Sixers, Pat. Who do you got?
2: I just the the poetic downfall of the Brooklyn Nets has been fantastic for the NBA product. You have a team that was one shoe size away from probably winning an nba championship to about a season and a half later having a completely different core a different coach it, it it's pretty incredible um i have the sixers in this one and the mvp this shouldn't be um trouble for them they should go through this easily i have them in five maybe six i like mikhail bridges a lot i like cam johnson but I think when you shake up a team that much as well as a coaching change like it's it's similar to the lakers except the lakers kept their key players and their coach right so that's the big difference the star players moved in the brooklyn deal the coach was out in the brooklyn deal and unfortunately for philly the only thing i see not playing to their advantage is ben simmons is injured for this series (laughs) so they can't go at him and, and enjoy all of that but this is gonna be an easy series for the Sixers. The Nets are, are trending positively com- comparatively to what they've been the last couple years, um, but you can't expect them with half a season to, to stack up to Philly.
1: I mean, Michael Bridges, Cam Thomas, Spence Dinwiddie, they can basically thank KD for even avoiding the play-in game. I mean, I, it's unbelievable this team is a six seed, that they didn't have to go through the play-in tournament to even make the playoffs. Uh, they are not a top six team in the East. I, would, I don't think the Heat or the Hawks or the Bulls are any serious contenders, but I do think they are built better and made better than the Brooklyn Nets right now. So that 23-13 and 13 record before the break, whatever it was, and then winning 11 games after the break, they can thank KD and Kyrie for that. I don't think they're going to win a game. So I think it's going to be a quick sweep. I think the first game probably will be a 20-30 point game. like then just set the tone, kind of demoralize these young guys that don't really have any playoff experience. Uh, I do love Mikel Bridges. I think he's fantastic on both sides of the ball. He's finally getting a chance to shine. It'll be nice to see him in the playoffs, kind of lead a team. Maybe Cam Thomas will play. I mean, he dropped three straight 40 bombs and then didn't get playing time for like a week straight. So that was one of the more bizarre situations I've ever seen in my life as an NBA fan. But I just, I don't think Brooklyn has to star power. I don't think they stand a chance. I mean, the third best player on Philly, who's probably Tyrese Maxey, would be the best player on Brooklyn. So just strictly off star power alone, uh, it's probably a quick sweep in and out. And then it's a kind of a tune-up matchup for the Sixers to see a tougher team in the second round.
2: Yeah. Another good quick thing to mention is this is Brid- Mikhail Bridges. He gets the opportunity to play against the team that drafted and traded him. Um, being in the West, he never really had that opportunity to stick it to Philly. Not sure how much that really affects him. I know those guys don't really, it wasn't really bother them that much, but it might be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I'm sure ESPN will have the banner at the bottom of the screen like they do. Um. So that's something I'm going to look for. See how he plays against them. See how he interacts with the crowd.
0: I mean, it would be like Kobe taking it personally when he played the Charlotte Hornets, right? I mean, like it. There was. I don't know if there was like a distinct history there. Now, like I guess D'Lo when he was playing the Lakers, it's kind of different. And I guess like, um, with with others, other bigger names at the points in their career where they were at. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. The NBA people move so frequently, so I'm not sure if they take it just as personally. Um. Glad we all agree that it's not going to be a close series. The next ones, they should be, you know, a, a little bit closer as we move towards maybe the other most interesting one um, in the playoffs with the Suns and the Clippers. Um, KD is obviously newly acquired by the Suns uh, during the trade deadline time. You have a healthy Kawhi and a healthy Paul George, which we they have heard from Clippers fans and NBA people for a long time, Like, just wait till they get healthy together. It's been like five years. It feels like, um, since we really get these two guys together, uh, Gavin, who are you looking at, uh, in this Phoenix Clippers series? And then as I guess a two-parter, do you see either of these two teams challenging for a title? Because I think these are, are in terms of betting and the odds and where you look at it and what you can make money from, I think a lot of people like either the Clippers or the Suns to be their title favorites at this point.
1: Oh, so this is a tough one. I don't think the Clippers have the depth to be real tighty contenders. So they have the star power at the top with Kawhi and Paul George, obviously. Then there's a little bit of a fall off. Chris Paul, this is the best team he's ever been a part of, in my opinion. I mean, he's got KD, arguably a top five, top ten player of all time, maybe the greatest scorer of all time. Along with Devin Booker, who is in the same echelon as, like, Jalen Brown, um, Mitchell as the best shooting guards in the league. So he has a top three shooting guard. He's got a top five player in the league. He's got a great young big man. Uh, Chris Paul, I think, has the most approved in this series right now because if you cannot get out of the first round with this team that you are surrounded by right now, then you might want to consider you know, calling it quits. But I like the Suns in this series. They have less than 10 games together as a core, which is odd, with KD, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker with that whole KD situation, rolling his ankle pregame and missing like however many games it was. Uh, I think they're deeper. I think they are just better all around on both sides of the ball. It's tough to send both sides of the ball when you have – Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, all NBA-style uh, defenders. Uh, but if you look one through eight on their rosters, I think there's wings that the Suns can throw at Paul George and Kawhi. I would just bet the over on every on every game if I had to. I think it's going to be 120, 130 uh, in the games. But uh, if I'm taking one of these teams, I'm taking the Suns, I do think this will be one of the only first-round matchups in the West that does go seven games. And I believe the Suns are the four seed, correct? So they'll have game seven at home, yep. which will be – yeah, which will be a huge, huge factor uh, if you split 3-3, three, three, you go game 7 at home. I think just based off that alone, if it reaches 7, uh, the Suns will take it in 7. And to answer your second part of the question, Lucas, I don't think the Clippers are totally contenders. Uh, I got to see something out of Kawhi. I got to see something out of Paul George before I can say that. Uh, Kawhi obviously has his two rings with two different teams, but you're yeah, not in Toronto anymore. You're in the States. Um, you're not in that crazy you had in Toronto. I do believe that Suns could make a run at it. If you look at the top teams in the West... You have the Nuggets, and you have the Grizzlies. And who are the best players in those teams? You have Jokic and John Morant. KD himself, I think, is a tier. He's in the same tier as Jokic, back-to-back MVPs. Can't take anything away from him. But as a player, I would take KD over those guys. Um, He, other than maybe when he had Steph and this is also the best team he's been a part of with Devin Booker and DeAndre and, and Chris Paul. So he probably, him and Chris Paul together, probably have the most pressure on them to do some damage. And I do think if they make that conference finals, against the Grizzlies or against the Lakers or against the Nuggets. They would probably be the favorites, uh, but I don't see a Western Conference team coming and winning at all anyways. But, yeah, Clippers, I don't think they stand a chance. I don't think even if they make it through this series, they'd probably get bounced in the second round. Uh, If the Suns make it through this series, which I think they will, in seven games, win game seven at home, I do think they have real title shots, real title contenders to win it all.
2: Yeah, uh, one thing I want to clarify real quick, there is an injury report that came out, I think two days ago, Paul George is gonna miss the first two games of this series with a knee injury. Well, oh, so, there, there we go. They, yeah. they, they, there so, was jinx and, uh, <laughs> and the first thing, five games Marcus Morris, who would probably start in his spot is uh, also gonna be out for the first game of the season. So I think this is wraps. The only chance they have is if LA can steal one of those first two games. If, if Phoenix drops either of those two games without those guys at home, that will tell a lot about them. I like Phoenix going through this series. I like Phoenix going to the Western Conference Finals. I personally, in the NBA, I think um, I gravitate more towards teams that are built on wing depth rather than star point guards. So, like, Memphis versus Phoenix, I'm probably going Phoenix because of their wing depth. I I just feel like that's the modern NBA. I think singular star point guards like a Morant are really – the formula to win it all, unless it's, of course, Steph Curry, a, a generational talent. Um, I like Phoenix. I, I like them going very far in these playoffs. I think Kevin Durant, DeAndre, and Chris Paul, Devin Booker, like, that. that's a 2K my team. You know, that's, that's a team with a good coach, with a good head on his shoulders, that can work with these guys and get the most out of them. And although KD has had these little bumps over the season, that just means if he is healthy, his legs are rested. Which should be very scary for the Western Conference.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm gonna take the Suns in this one too. I'm gonna take him in six. Um I am gonna give Kawhi his props. I do think that he I, I do think that he can survive long enough to get Paul George back for one. But I think it's like it's not a close six. I mean I think everybody knows the deal here, especially with that Paul George injury report too, which I don't know how I missed leading up to this one. But it does not shock me at all either. All I've seen actually recently on TikTok are clips of his podcast, so I'm glad that he's rehabbing and taking care of himself while, while posted on, uh, was it Podcast P? Is that what, is that what it's called? Um, yeah, I, Phoenix here, the, the on-court leadership that they lack, um, I don't think Chris Paul is a true leader as much as he's supposed to be the point god. Uh, I really don't think that Kevin Durant is in any form of leader. Devin Booker, uh, I think, seems soft at heart. Um, and is not a defender by any means. DeAndre Ayton is the one that they tried to ostracize, which I think is the only person who actually has any soul on that team. I think he's the only person there that actually has some cojones, some onions. Um, and I think that they ostracize him for it because he doesn't exactly—he's he not—he's not dancing. He's not dancing to their music. Um, so and he's not being intimidated by anybody either. So it's a weird dynamic there, but it's not weird enough for them to lose to the Clippers in this matchup. I don't see the I don't I see the Suns being able to go deep. I still just don't see them as true title contenders. Uh, very well could see them in a rematch though uh, with the Bucks, and of course KD would be able to now be on a different team and get his recomepence with against the Bucks and maybe wear a size half smaller shoes just to make sure he gets it done. Um, <laughs> last of the four or five matchups, and then I'm just gonna get into favorites who you guys are gonna think uh, wins it all after this one. Maybe a sleeper pick thrown in there. Um, but this four-five here between the Cavs and the Knicks, no Julius Randle for the Knicks. Um, you have a Cleveland team that you know was new with uh, Donovan Mitchell, but man, what a player he's been this year for them. Uh, Gavin, who do you have in this series between the Cavs and the Knicks?
1: So I think for a four-five matchup, uh, and you mentioned sleeper teams win it all, so I'll just kind of foreshadow on that. I think this is a series that the Cavs still. Uh, really, really, without, without any problems. problems. Similar to what I saw, like, like Jalen Brown yeah. and the Jason Tatum Tribune, who is was like the second best player on his team. He's underrated. I think Darius Garland is one of those guys in these leagues as well, where he put up 21, 21 7 5 this and year. It's just, just one like of those guys where you don't really care about him. You know, he's under the radar, he didn't but go to school, so it's like he plays in the team that's all the middle of the East. Uh, they're not really on the top, so you, you forget about him as really elite. a player in this league. I uh, can say on and on about Don, it's the type of player that he is. is uh, career highs across the board 28 points per game, rebounds. So, I don't think that the Knicks, especially if Randall uh, is gonna miss time, I don't think they hold serious chance in this series. Uh, that could just be me because I don't really think it's too much. I'm a, kind of a big team Uh, nice but, but other guys, like even you got the front court of Mobley and uh Jared Allen, two very big bodies, you can just rotate through that front court with the guards, like, and Garland. Uh, you got experience off the bench, I mean you can't discard. Any greens running around for Cleveland, right? I don't know if um, the Knicks got the depth for it. They do have young guys. They do have quickly. Who I love six man of the year. But um, I just don't think that the Knicks have enough to go in this. I'm going to go Cavs and five. I think they beat them pretty handily. Um, and then kind of move on to the next. What happens after that? Wow.
2: Uh. I like the Cavs in this one. The Knicks took the season series 3-1. to one, Right, It's, uh, New York has the third third best offense in the league. Cleveland has the best defense. This is going to be a great matchup. It's going to be really fun to watch. I'm leaning towards Cleveland because of that Randall injury. As much as sometimes he can muddy it up for them and take some very questionable shots, he is someone you can look to in the fourth quarter to, to give you a big shot. Um, I, I, just, I just think Cleveland answers I think they can guard up with pretty much what anything that the Knicks can put them. And, and to, to piggyback off Gavin, quickly is definitely not the sixth man of the year because he started 38 games and his averages are swelled from that. If you factor out those games, Brogdon sweeps him on the rug. Um, but, yeah I, yeah, I like Cleveland in this one. I'm not sure that they're a finals contender for me. Um, I just think that he's so good but so good and i i i know Cleveland is given the celtic struggle and i'm not i'm not entirely sure of their record against philly or milwaukee but i just think uh they get through this
0: series and then they probably get bounced in the second round yeah it's an interesting matchup but i wish we could watch it with randall but if we go through this segment without me mentioning jalen brunson somebody had to mention him and i want to be the one to do it I, when, when he signed that contract, I, I really thought it was not a good call by the Knicks. I was like, well, typical Knicks. Go over, pay for it. He's now underpaid for what they have him for. He is a bucket getter. He's a slasher. He can knock down the outside shot. His development in the last two years has been immense, insane, happy for him. Villanova kid, Jay Wright guy um, has meshed super well with the Knicks. RJ Barrett struggling to knock down the outside shot, you know, can get to the rim. Can a good passer, good defender. This Knicks team plays defense, but so does this Cavs team. Um, and I think not having Randall there and having the bigs like Allen and Mobley, now probably being able to help in the lane more on Jalen Brunson because you don't have to worry about Randall. They probably can't space the floor as well without a Julius Randle. You know, Allen and, and Robinson, they just cancel out. I think Mobley's gonna be a guy to watch outside of the star power that really could be that X factor to elevate Cleveland to a win in six games. I still want to give Jalen Brunson his dues in this, in this Knicks team and Tibbs is still, you know, a very solid head coach. Um, and I, I do think they can, you know, sneak, sneak maybe one or two at home, but yeah, Cleveland in this one for sure. Um, Donovan Mitchell can, I think, you know, finally gets, you know, deeper playoff success at the least. But now we'll just move on to who we have as favorites overall. You know, we go through the first round there, and we're going to look at... I Obviously, I had the Lakers there sneaking through, looking at finals matchups uh, purely. If you guys want to throw a sleeper in there too, you can. Um, personally, for me, I'm looking at a rematch between the Bucks and the Suns. But if Andrew Wiggins slots himself in well... I think it's the Warriors to lose in the West if we get the Andrew Wiggins we got in last year's playoffs after this first round. Um, I haven't seen enough of that yet, um, so I'm going to go with a Suns-Bucks rematch because I think the storyline works. Uh, Pat, what are you looking at for your finals matchup?
2: It feels wrong to call the Warriors a sleeper pick, but that would be my sleeper pick. I like Phoenix there. The East is a tough one, man. I mean, Milwaukee and Boston is pretty much a top up. I'm I trying not to sound Homer here, but I, I like the Celtics. I really do. I feel like it's an underrated addition in Muscala. But
1: the way the
2: Bucks' defense works is they take you one on one. Holiday eliminates your point guard. You like he can't pass anything out of it, and they funnel everything into Brook Lopez. But if you take a Mike, Mike Muscala, Al Horford, as your two big man, or a Grant Williams, Al Horford, or a, a Grant Muscala, you can't leave him open. And I know he's just up with, and that's not really a translatable points per game number he, he put up. But if you look at the shot he was making, he was making open corner three. And if you can get him open corner threes in the playoffs, that's probably the most translatable shot of free throws. And I feel like... You get Brooke out there and then he closes out, then you pass around and you can get to the paint with Brogdon. And his ability to get to the paint has been unparalleled from anything I've seen from the Celtics over the last five years. I I think they have the matchups if they play play it right. Giannis is a monster. He's winning two games by himself. Guaranteed. And in what whoever he plays in the Eastern Conference Finals, Giannis will get them two games. But I feel like if they can work that right, and Missoula, as an offensive-minded coach, I feel like he can play games and move those chess pieces around to the point where they can take it. I know they don't have home court, but they've shown they can go into Milwaukee and win. They did it on uh, the last game of the season when they 40 pieced them. They almost did it with their reserves. And something about that game six with Tatum last year, man, it, it spoke to my ears. Would I be surprised if Milwaukee beat the Celtics? No, I really wouldn't. But I'm really leaning towards a Celtics Suns final
0: or a Celtics Warriors final. The rematch storyline would be very cool. But, Gavin, you go ahead. Tough, man, because obviously you know from Boston
1: something as well. So, I, just, I just look at it like, other team in the team league team, can you think has a three guard rotation like Brogdon, Smart, and Derek White, well, you can consider Brown a guard. He's more of a wing. He's like 6'6, six, 6'7, six, six, uh 6'5, six, 6'6. Six, six, I would say, but that three guard rotation, you have White and Brogdon usually coming off the bench. White does start sometimes. Oh, a smart running the point guard. Who has significant. I've always been a anti-Marcus Smart as sl fan, which is me crazy never But this year he has been taking less dumb shots, during the ball and he has embraced his role as an actual guard. So four quarter. Right. So one it, game a game, he is not doing as much dumb things as he was doing, doing lately, as he used to be doing. Uh, for that, that is a huge reason uh, why I think it, it was Bucks stuff. versus Celtics in the conference finals, that home, home court is tough. It is tough to not play a game seven in Boston and have to go to Milwaukee. Uh, I will say that. But interesting to say, all <inaudible> <off for> <inaudible> of the 29 yes. Celtics actually pulled them to the third last points, third least points per game uh, at 22.4 points, 8.8 rebounds, 4.3 assists. So he does not have historically great numbers versus the Celtics. Uh, some of those games were early in his career, so stats are skewed. He was a rookie, you know, games, 10 a game. But I don't know if the Bucs have the depth to, to keep up with the Celtics. Uh, they got three, three, three-headed uh, they got some depth in the front court with Williams, and Holford. all for the whole say. Uh this is for this year, which would be nice. Send Holford out with a ring as a Boston Celtic. Um, might be a little biased. I do have the Celtics coming out of the East, but like Pat said, I would definitely not be surprised if the Bucks were to come out. I don't really give Philly a true chance. I know people say it's like a three headed monster in the East. I don't think Philly really, really have any chance that the Celtics and the Bucks have. I don't if they made the Cardinals, they have to go through the Celtics or the Bucks to get there. I think they're just like to them. Uh, when it comes to the West, is tough. It is super tough. Um, I would love to see Jokic finally make, finally make the finals. Uh, we're talking about a back-to-back MVP. He wins the third this year. we putting him in that like top ten, top twelve player all-time category with back-to-back-to-back MVPs. Just got a gift to give him by nature. He has not done much in the finals. Lucas <laughs> in the eyes at that one. He has not done much in the finals. Oh, he hasn't even made the finals. Obviously, he has done that much in the playoffs. But I would just personally it's love him a little bias to see make the finals, so for that reason, I have to go Celtics, uh, uh, Nuggets, I think that would be one hell of a finals, two completely different styles of offenses. The Nuggets will slow down on you, uh, you'll, which will completely change the pace, where the Celtics want to get out there, and they want to run, they want to in transition, they want to get easy buckets, they want to shoot the 3 so I think that would be a very interesting finals matchups, and that's what I'm kind of hoping to see.
0: Yeah, the only thing I worry about is the inexperience from coaching, uh, but the Celtics have you know, an abundance of playoff experience at this point, even with their young age, uh, the depth's immense. I still worry about Jason Tatum late in games, but at the end of the day, I think that they, they do have enough to overwhelm just whoever they come across. I don't want to sleep on the Sixers, like I said, just because I think James Harden's role is defined differently now than the lead guy as opposed to the passer, and he's been very good at that in the pick and roll. Um, they're still a solid squad, and I think that the Sixers... If if MB can maintain that health, um, still very much have a shot. I still think they have as good of a shot um as the Celtics or Bucks do. But it's gonna come it's really gonna c I think if they it depends on how they play the Celtics in that falling matchup where I think they're both the Celtics and the Sixers are gonna, you know, very handily defeat whoever they're playing, and then it's gonna go from there. The Bucks, I think the only the only way that either of those two teams, I think um, well, what really can assist those teams, not the only way, but can assist those teams is if they get hung up with the heat for an extra game or two in Middleton's knees or Middleton's ankles or whatever it is, you, you don't have the complete health there. You might get hung up and get them a little tired, and if you do take them to a 7 at their home stadium, you might be able to, you know, catch them on an off night or get an off night, from Giannis, honest, where you can seal it in 6 or take it to 7 and anything can happen. To so the West, it's either the Lakers or the Warriors for me, which are seven or six seeds. This I, I the Suns too, like I said, I think that Suns bucks matchup would be cool scripting wise. Um, but again, the Lakers, I think are, are very, can, can very well make a run if they get by Memphis, I think handedly in that series, they might be able to go because, you know, Anthony Davis, when he's healthy, I think people are you know, just forget how good that Anthony Davis really can be. Um, and it's not too long ago that people would put him in that you know, top 10 of the league conversation. He probably still is there. Um, it really comes down though to I mean
1: just to touch in your... the head coach experience. I mean, budoka went to the final she didn't make it. But the guy went to the finals last year this first year, of the Celtics. I don't I think Mazul is a header state because I, I do like those like I do think is an experience. I think Adoka is, is above him. But I mean it's proven to happen before. the players they play, like coaches coach. Coaches are always important, right. important. But when when have had team team like the Boston South this year, I think it just makes sense them to be in the finals and kind of redeem themselves, I love to see the Warriors make it every yeah. GP of life this year. Get our redemption, Steph Curry, and him be the reason to not get his fifth ring. Um, but I, I don't think the Bucks, the Bucks are. I obviously they have a chance. I do think not the Bucks. It's the Bucks year this year. Just I don't think it's their year to make it, and I, I don't think it's their year to win. Yeah.
2: I feel like they're not as bulletproof as they've been. Middleton this year isn't really been himself. I feel like that that, that injury a little more than. It's been led on to be. He doesn't. He's not doing the same things he's been doing, which is scary because if he unlocks that, then, then that's a just whole other tier. To go to Bucks. Bucks. There's something about the Celtics team and the way they match up the Bucks that I feel kind of comfortable about it. Uh, like just straight up, and especially if they. Do what I've been thinking of them doing with with really trying to pull Brooke, Brooke Lopez out of the paint, because the solution to that would be for them to sub in Boris and then you sub in Robert Williams. That's just He's going to eat his lunch. And I just, I feel like Celtics have the matchup. Um, as far as Philly goes, I think I would like Philly's chances better. They didn't have to go through Boston and Milwaukee. if If Philly got the second seed and not have to take out both those teams, I could see them more credibly. But I don't think Joel Embiid will have the legs in him to go through Brooklyn, Boston, Philadelphia, and Phoenix. If, that, if that's how it plays out i
0: just don't think that would be an hard path to get through yeah yeah no, I, I agree but i think he is hands down the mvp so if there's if there's if there's a player that i think that could do that run based off of what he's shown this year in terms of efficiency and everything i think joel Embiid is up there um certainly a lot of interesting matchups that can take place uh the other the only like you look at the West too, between the Lakers and staff, there's a lot of legacies on the line. I mean, the Celtics have been so close for so long, and you can really only maintain a core like this and not get over the hump for a period of time before stuff starts to fall apart. We've already heard the stuff with Jalen Brown and a lot of the stuff that the Boston media has been throwing around, Brogdon contracts, everything. Like you can only do it for so long. And I'm gonna say that this and that's the same thing with um the Sixers and the Bucks are, you know, too. You obviously can see the health of certain players. And it's the same thing in the West, where you have some young teams that have the ability to kind of make a name for themselves, but you have some older teams that have the ability to continue to do what they've done. So I'm sure that there's going to be some stuff that we're wrong about that we're going to be shocked about, but there's also some really cool storylines that I think we're all going to get to tune into as just NBA fans as a whole. So appreciate you guys uh, for joining me on this one. Went a little bit longer than I anticipated, but no issues there. We still kept it under an hour, um, and it's all good content. It's all good stuff for people to listen to, so... Pat and Gavin, thanks again for joining me on this one. For
2: having... It's a great time, great
0: conversation. So, uh, I'd like to be able to bring this back. Maybe round by round, we can do that. Or um, also by the end of this, the playoffs as well. Too leading up to the finals, I think leading up to the finals, we'll do one and we'll do a finals preview for whoever those teams are. And then after the finals, we'll do that as well too. I, mean, I hope to do the same thing with the NHL one too. So, uh, if you enjoyed this, everybody, please be sure to like, subscribe, uh, and drop a comment as well. Uh, again, Pat, Gavin, thank you for joining me. It's Boy Rufus. Oh, Bye yeah.